0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, I give my thoughts on the Spider-Man 2 Hall H panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Why 20 bucks sent me back down the rabbit hole for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt on the PlayStation 5. Both Nintendo and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom are making record sales. Then, in our final stage, I talk about why you need to jump on Ocubus Trip, Undead and Undressed, Director's Cut. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start with your host, That's Avia Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another game filled edition of select start the video game podcast for acmg presents Talk Time live and talktimelive.com i am your host xavier josiah we got a lot of things to talk about today a lot of really fun things to talk about but in our final stage i will talk to you about why you need to jump on a very awesome fun and wacky anime actually it is an anime it's a game based on anime now because they actually made an anime for this game but it's Akiba's Trip undead and undressed and it's the director's cut i played this game way back during the ps vita era um and i'm trying to think if i ever reviewed the original like game when it came out i know i played it um this this show has been on for quite a while this show has been out for years like i think this talk time live is going on like eight nine years now (laughs) believe it or not so i'm trying to figure out it was like 2013 i think nintendo switch it wasn't out until 2017, which means if I was playing any portable games, it was still on the PS Vita. And there may have been chance, a, a possible chance. I would have to look it up on the archives because I know not every archive made it to the transition of the new provider that I work with. But I know I might have possibly reviewed this some or whether it was on YouTube or whatever way back when. But I'm reviving this now it's back it's on a director's cut it's on a nintendo switch among other uh consoles as well and i am going to talk about why you need to jump on this and you know if you even even if you played it before why you need to jump back into this because they added a lot of bells and whistles to it but my whole fandom for the akiba's trip is so far beyond the game because they have an anime this game was so good that they actually made an anime series for it and it's hilarious and wacky and we're going to talk about all that for sure but um before we get into all that i want to take a minute to give a shout out to all of my people you know guys you remember i'm a multimedia developer when i'm not doing this show and i have clients that i work with uh in the entertainment world and the small business world in you know the nonprofit world if you will in this case um uh, the Achievers Brunch Association is a nonprofit organization headed by a gentleman named Mr. Man Frisbee, who used to be a reporter for the um, Philadelphia News, Daily News here in Philadelphia. And my my always current client and, and friend, um, Randy Shine, who's a world-traveling, well-known magician seen on a CW, B, uh, BET, you name it, he's done it. Um, he's you know been at the White House and, you know, both terms for Obama to do uh to you know do his uh act there and you know well-established guy but I've you know helped him I've helped brand him you know many times over with a lot of his projects and this is another one that I've had the pleasure and privilege and pride <laughs> to say that I have had the pleasure doing because they wanted to do this uh, achievers brunch where we get to honor celebrate and empower young black scholars looking to make an impact in this world. You know, the people that we don't get to talk or hear about often, because on the news, when it comes to black young teens, it's always something rowdy. Well, you know, Mr. Man Frisbee wanted to actually do something different. He wanted to acknowledge the people, the, you know, unsung heroes of our community and celebrate them. And he did it with this. I came in because they needed a... They needed a brand worthy of their cause. And I was more than happy to be a part of that. And in fact, I told them when we're done, you're going to get the acknowledgement. You're going to get the, um, you're going to get the notoriety that you're looking for in the attention that you need off of this brand. And you will be, you will get it. You will get on the good day, Philadelphia, which is our Fox 29 local news. Safe to say I was absolutely right. They got on air. They not only got on air, they were on, they started with the Philadelphia inquire that did, that covered the event that I attended, um, in May. And it was one of the best things to happen this year to see these guys and just see people who had to go through the grind, just like I did. And they persevered from it. It was just beautiful to see. It was very tranquil because a lot of times I'm in this journey by myself. And sometimes it just feels like there's not many people going through that grind like I do seeing these young cats do it and then they excelling and then they're going off to these, you know, really illustrious colleges just warm my heart. Very proud to be a part of this in some form, form, or fashion added to that. They got on good day, Philadelphia two days ago, did a segment. There it was a great segment. You can see that on their website at achieversphilly.org. You can also donate and volunteer to help build this whole thing to keep celebrating these guys. Um, as we go on and help them through their journeys and, you know even more as a bonus they use my photos that i took for the event too so i got credited for that on air um live on the show so it was, it was pretty awesome not to mention they showed the logo that i designed for them too and it was just great and i designed their website as well so um just victory all around for everybody but congratulations to you know randy to mister to yes his first name is mr by the way <laughs> i think they didn't realize that they thought he called him man frisbee uh no his first name is mister you know thank you to those guys and congratulations to all the aba honorees this year i mean it is just fantastic and we're going to keep it going and keep it growing from this point on all right let's talk about some gaming news here let's start with my thoughts on spider-man 2 hall h panel which i had no idea we were going to be able to see i don't i'm pretty sure i'm not really sure if san diego comic-con shows their hall h panels often a don't show they don't show the um the marvel panels if i'm correct they do not show the marvel panels it's usually pirated a lot of times i could be wrong but i i just don't i never believe that i've seen them ever um you know post the actual full length panel from start to finish that sony made a change here in that case because you guys know San Diego Comic-Con even though it was a very hugely populated event it was kind of diluted in the sense that the actors weren't able to attend this year there was no Marvel panel this year and um you know people made the best of it uh entertainment weekly put out an article to try to uplift the situation but in reality it's like you know yeah they still had a packed crowd you know why from experience if that happened to me And I found out that there was gonna be no Marvel Hall H and no celebrities there and all the stuff. And I'm gonna make the best of it because you know what? I paid a ton of cash to have to get the air flight, the hotel stay. What do you think, I'm not gonna do it? I'm gonna make the best of it. And that's what they did. So, you know, kudos to them. But in hindsight, is it the best San Diego Comic-Con that they have ever had? Not by far. Not by far because of the lack of, you know, celebrity you know, celebrities that were able to attend. And like I said before, when you, and, and on the other show, when we talked about this, the great part about San Diego Comic-Con is not only do you get to see those people in a panel, but because everything's so closed up in a bubble in, in, in the San Diego convention area, you can you can actually come across a celebrity easily during the nighttime. If you're hanging out at a certain restaurant or you doing something, it's easy to be able to hang around and bump into somebody there i've done it many a times and you know it led to a, some of these people coming on to my show as a result because of that so it was just awesome it's just an awesome time i'm sure he had a great time regardless because you know in spite of that san diego comic con is still one of the best places to be and one of the most beautiful places to be at um so it, it was interesting but In its place because i don't i truly believe that this wasn't scheduled to be on a hall h you know schedule but they worked around to make this happen to have some marvel experience and that was sony getting the opportunity to get the cast and people behind the scenes of the spider-man 2 game that's coming up in september to do a panel there because the video game industry and sag after are kind of are at this time two different networks they're two different you know deals as well as the wga with the writers guild of america um so actors are able to go on there and do something there because there's there's a separate type of deal with the writers with the actors uh with that and as far as that so if you guys remember you know for those who've been following this show for quite some time i you know interview stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon hinata uh orahime if you will and if you haven't listened to that it's very it's very relevant today because of what they went through they had to go on strike as well for a bit to try to get you know some you know rights and benefits for them for the uh for the voice actor uh of of sag after so and that may happen again That may actually happen again very soon according to yuri long we'll talk about in a sec but you know go back and check that out with stephanie shea it was one of my favorite interviews um still still i have as many interviews as i've done with people that is still one of my favorite because it was just it was transparent and she you know held nothing back and she wanted to talk about the writer strike i mean the actor strike at the time and a lot of what they're fighting for today, I mean, is a lot like what they fought for yesterday, except there were no AI elements to it back then. Now it's even worse. So, and and these, these, these companies are just the things that we're finding out now, it's just not making these companies, you know, look good at all right now. And <laughs> you know, so they did the panel, and Sony provided fans with a full Hall H panel, which is available on YouTube right now for all to see. If you go on to uh believe PlayStations, uh, website, I mean, channel. You can check it out there. Highly recommend you do. The panel was moderated by and uh, by founder of Geek uh, Geeks of Color, Dorian Parks, who, like many, is a diehard Spider-Man fan, and he did a great job up there in the panel. uh He was a, he was a gentleman. He reminded me of me. You know, I've, I I loved watching him because I empathized with what he the experience that he had right there. And I will say this. I actually pitched doing a Spider-Man, an Insomniac Spider-Man panel, to people at um, at Repop, and it never went through, unfortunately. And then now this ended up in Hall H. So i you know, eh, I'm just saying. And I've I've done panels with Yuri Lowenthal, to on two occasions. So, you know. And by the way, if you want to see um, one of those panels, you could go to TalkToMeLive.com where I did the panel for, uh, the virtual panel for the Naruto, the cast of Naruto, um, which was something that myself and Molly and, uh, Lisa put together. Um, and I moderated for it. So it was, it was really awesome there. And, um, like nine of the actors in there, this is my first time ever doing any virtual paneling or any virtual interviews like this, of this magnitude. And it's still it would be nothing as big as that, because it was like the entire cast. That was Yuri Longthal, T- Tyra Platt. Um, Steve Bloom was in that. I mean, go back and check that out. It is still awesome. It is fantastic, man. So, and it was it was a part of DreamCon, um, which DreamCon has gotten so freaking used. One of these days I got to go down here. Those guys, RDC World, I love those guys. They, I, You know, I, I, I'm more proud of them I'm <laughs> jealous of them just i'm healthy jealous of them because i knew if you get a group of guys who were all on the same plan you could do that and i've always wanted that and that just just didn't happen and i'm not saying it's not forever but i you know we had this opportunity to try to do what they did they did it first more power to them i love those guys and i love what they did i just love the fact that these gentlemen have gone this big and by the way off key real quick I didn't realize that NetherRealm collaborated with them as well. They did a uh, Mortal Kombat tournament at DreamCon, and that's how big these guys have gotten. Like NetherRealm was now, you know, um linking on to them as well. So Oh, god, I love those guys. It's just amazing. It's just a great to be a part of that panel as well. But one of the highlight moments, the other highlight moments of this panel was Yuri Yuri um, Longthaw getting up on the table to do the infamous Peter Parker dance from Spider-Man 3 that Tobey Maguire did, and he did it perfectly, while Miles Morales actor Najee Jeter basically just posed in spider in Spidey pose on the table. It was pretty awesome. The suit that Yuri Longthal had was just beyond awesome. He had this, he had a, He had like a three-piece suit, but he had it tailored to have the symbiote, sim, the symbiote spider symbol Draped on the jacket, it is one of the most baller ass things I've ever seen. For some reason, he was wearing a uh, N95 mask. He was the only one wearing an N95 mask. I don't know why, but he made me feel better because you know Jim Lee also did the same thing last year at New York Comic Con, and when I got my picture taken with, um, you know, it's you know you can see that it's obviously Jim Lee there's obviously traces that it's Jim Lee but I was was, a part of me is like I really wish he didn't have to wear that mask but it was we were still in the depth of COVID back then so and it was the day before he went to the premiere of uh what is it Black Adam so he couldn't and understandably so because yes it's New York Comic Con but guess what it's a comic book convention and as we all say comic book conventions usually have people with con crud and you don't want to have it and then it and the severity of that time with covid and not to say that covid's gone but you don't want to infect anybody else so it was fine i was okay with it the picture still looks awesome as hell um that was that we took with it together and um it was great but seeing yuri do this it was like all right this makes me feel a little bit better about the situation they were in the same n95 mask in there so it was great he was and you can still hear him clearly um so here's the other thing before darian could finish the introduction yuri interjected for a sec just to address the situation regarding the sag after wga strike and explaining that due to the contractual agreement that the actors have with the video game industry they are allowed to attend events to promote upcoming games he did however Mentioned that this may not be for long, so it's great that they're getting out there to do it in the midst of all this. But he, um, all of them, supported the SAG after strike and solidarity solidarity at this time. So, other guests included uh, Brian Ether if I'm saying it correct. He's the creative director. Ryan Smith, narrative director. Um, one of my favorite people to, uh in in in, um, in Insomnia games is uh, Jachinda. Chu who is the senior artist director I follow her on Twitter and she always shows off a lot of the behind the scenes work that they worked on with the previous Spider-Man games she's awesome she is such a great artist she is a great art director um part of the reason why we love these Spider-Man games immensely and her work on the Venom model just fantastic uh we also Of course, I mentioned Yuri Lonthal and Najee Jeter, you know, of course, who plays Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Um, We got Laura Bailey who played Mary Jane Watson in here. Of course, that one of my favorite Mary Janes, to be honest, like she, it was something really about her. That was just, you know, I grew up with, I grew up with the Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson, Mary Jane. Visually, like they were stupid hot. (laughs) This was the 90s. so Everything was a little bit more extreme but Eric Larson's Mary Jane with the hair and the, everything. And then you had, I used to look, I was, a, I was a teen when that Spider-Man was up, but that Mary Jane But he could draw a Mary Jane and Tom McFarlane's Mary Jane was sexy and hot. So because at the time she was like a soap model, so she had to look the part, she had to play the part. And it was like the, 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 uh, the situation there was like, you know, Peter is, you know, every man and kind of the dude that you would not think to have a woman like this and that was always the dynamic between the two because like mj was super hot but she wasn't like she wasn't conceited she wasn't you know uh vain about herself she but she also was confident she knew herself but she also just knew what she liked she won't like what she liked she liked peter parker regardless of him not being a jock or whatever like that you know and she just she knew it she would support him through everything this one this Mary Jane was not a model per se. She was just really cute, um, kind of an around away girl type of cute. Not trying to be supermodel or anything like that. You know, she it was met with the times, and but she she was such a charming character in the game. Like she still had that 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 Mary Jane charm, if you will, um, but a little different, a little bit more grounded, if you will. And now we're seeing a different version of her. She got new hairstyle. All of them kind of look a little bit older and got new hairstyles. Especially Najee Jeters, Miles Morales, who got who I actually I don't I don't mind the new uh, the new lock hairstyle. I, I kind of dig it. As a person who used to have locks, I ain't mad at this. So let her let a brother go. Um, we also had the pleasure of having Tony Todd at this event. Yes, the Candyman himself tony todd was there because he's playing venom and talk about the right person the right person to play that role we heard we got to hear the voice of him playing venom there and it's just it's going to be crazy we also had bill roseman who's the vice president and creative director all there to talk about what to expect in this upcoming game coming september so i am ready can i also add real quick I didn't say this before, but um, one of the reasons why I'm happy is the other reasons why I'm happy this week is because I just ordered the SSD drive uh, for the PlayStation 5. I got a two terabyte gig, uh, two terabyte drive coming tomorrow, courtesy of Best Buy, and I decided to go Best Buy and not Amazon because Amazon, in the past, as great as Amazon is in terms of shipping and all that stuff, they still work with third-party merchants. And every once in a while, if you buy a software device or whatever, a software uh, item or device or whatever like that, not all of them go through. I've had I had more successes than failures, but um, I've had a situation when it came to like s uh sd drives or whatever that i ordered that wasn't scan disk that wind up being not what they were say were, were advertised on the uh website and i end up having to return it um i've read reviews on amazon and i got that same vibe from people saying like you know they got it with no they got a box with no uh you know drive in there or the drive in there didn't have the same speed uh capabilities that they advertised so I decided to I thinking like okay let me check Best Buy because Best Buy may have the same item and I may be able to get it there fortunate enough they did and I ordered it from there because and with a warranty because like Best Buy is not going to screw you Best Buy can't afford to screw you because they're such a big company (laughs) so they are they will be hugely held accountable and they will fix the problem and I if I need be I could go to the you know close store to do it but thankfully they're gonna do de- it's gonna be delivered here I don't have to go there like I did in what 2020 when I got the um the PlayStation 5 and it was COVID and they had all these regulations and all this stuff and you know it wasn't like that we we don't have to do that it, they, a lot of things have changed since 2020 and thank goodness I don't have to you know ride up there to go get it or whatever like that and go through that they're gonna it's gonna be mailed to me it's coming tomorrow so I'm looking forward to installing that because there are so many games coming out and I don't have that much I got a four terabyte external hard drive but it's one of those deals where you gotta transfer all your stuff over so this is gonna help greatly with that so I, i'm looking forward to that along with that i look further and i was like you know what i wonder if they actually have it on sale because i know it's been sold out in some other places but let me check and in fact i managed to grab me the limited edition spider-man dual sense controller finally i'm gonna get my hands on this i didn't want the um I didn't want the new system because this my PlayStation 5 is fine and they are selling the shields, which if I could get my hands on the shield, I would get the shields. Um, It wasn't available at the time when I got it, but the controller was. And honestly, that's all I really wanted was the controller. If I I really need to, I'm going to New York Comic Con and there's usually a vendor that usually has these customly built, you know, um, you know, shields that they make. So if I miss out on getting that, that's not a big deal. I can probably have somebody airbrush or do something really cool with it um, and make that happen for me there. But that controller is a must. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I, I got to <laughs> First of all, I'm a big fan of Yuri Perry. so I need to get something in here. I don't think I have anything that's, that's Yuri related. I, I don't have a Sasuke figure here, which I, I feel bad I don't, but... I know what I'm going to do. There is a Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man statue on BigBoyToys.com. So I think I got you covered, right? I got you. Just the best I, you know, it's the least I could do for all the times that you entertain me during our panels. So I digress. Um, I didn't realize that Tony Todd was such a hardcore gamer. And this is one of the things you'll learn when you listen to it so much so that he he said that he owns every console he's played a lot of like games growing like i like when he did candy man he was already an adult so the fact in and, in and, and, and adults weren't known for being like really big gamers at the time so he kind of pioneered that so he even said he owns he he still owns every console including and this is this is when i became i was already a, a, a fan of tony todd i'm a hardcore fan of tony todd at this point he even owned the dreamcast i was done i was like okay you gotta be a gamer if you got that one (laughs) because that is the dreamcast is one of among the greatest cult consoles out ever that sony's ever done it's like the one that should have won and didn't the Dreamcast is such a beloved you know um game game console it is i mean the stuff that they had is just phenomenal so i thought that was pretty cool and also note that this panel had a lot of things shown on their big screen, on a big uh, screen at Hall H. We were not privy to that because, you know, there's some things that they didn't wanna unveil, which is fine. Hearing and listening and watching the actors and the uh, people behind the scenes talk about it. It's just, it's it's just awesome. There's a lot to look forward to. So go out of your way, check it out. It's on YouTube right now. Um, the full panel, it is just, it's, it's fantastic and definitely um, all right. So Baldur's gate three is out right now. And there's a lot of people hyped about that. I didn't see all reviews for it. Uh, I, you know, for all the hype that it is, I'm hearing lukewarm re- reactions to it. Um, and there were some issues, I believe at launch on a steam, maybe. So, uh, I'm not sure I didn't pick up because I'm not exactly the Baldur's gate guy here. Like and I'll give you a reason why I'm bringing this up, because I'm not really like when it comes to medieval, like games or stories, I was never really a medieval type of dude. I never really liked medieval lore it is I mean, all right. I'm trying to say this without saying I'm like totally poo pooing on the medieval, you know, genre, because there are some things I do absolutely like in it. I would say Game of Thrones was is a great series that I enjoyed for a bit. Um, the Witcher is absolutely probably the best I've ever, uh, in terms of medieval stuff. Um, in games, Soul Calibur, I really enjoyed as well. There, I mean, there's some things that I would, like, I mean, just... I, I guess from an aesthetic as a standpoint, I just never been a fan of the, of anything. Maybe because like from a warrior standpoint, like if I'm talking about, you know, brave heroes and warriors, I'm more into the feudal Japan era type of things, or, um, you know, or the modern day mythology of superheroes, if you will. But there's something really elitist and boring and, dr- and, 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 and dramatic about the medieval era that I never liked. Plus, Maybe it just depends too, because I'm never, any any um, armor that I've seen any knights wear, it's just like, eh, I've just, maybe just from that design aspect, the, the, the design aesthetic from it, it's just, I've never been into that. There's some rare occasions, I would say Final Fantasy, some Final Fantasy games, I do like how the designs look and such, but some of that in Final Fantasy 16 was pretty awesome um but other than that it's just like i can't get into the you know the whole it has to be something significant about it the witcher is quite significant in this case so i'm opting out of Baldur's gate but i've looked that and noticed that um playstation 5 or playstation network i should say has a store sale right now a summer sale and i looked up saying all right let me see if i could check out something here and I found it. And, I was, and I've been fighting this for quite some time because I was like, I don't want to play this game again. I love this game, but I don't want to play this game again. I played the hell out of it almost as much as I did Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I just decided, I'm like, all right, look at that price. That price, I can't beat that price. But don't want to go back down this rabbit hole. But I am intrigued to see this on PlayStation 5 and see how it plays on PlayStation 5 played really well on a on a switch. Like I had no crash issues or anything on the Switch. And now I understand why Batman Arkham um, the Arkham series is coming to the Nintendo Switch. And that all makes sense. But alright, I'll do it. I decided to go back down the rabbit hole and go after the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Just see how it looks on a, on the um, on a PlayStation 5 and whatnot and you know what differences they have. So yeah this one you get everything including the expansions and all that stuff as you guys know and which i actually to be honest i never really finished the expansions i finished a full story of it like i completed 100 percent of the story mode which i'm not looking to do in this playthrough like this may be a leisure playthrough i'm trying not to get too zoned in because i got other games that are going to be coming out but I, I do appreciate the fact that, like, once you beat the game, there's a new game plus element to it, which is something I wish both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom had. Hey, here's the thing. When it comes to Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, I don't understand Miyamoto's philosophy on not giving people a chance to replay the game with the, with the same stats that you had before. Because... It is those games i mean we talked about the Witcher three which could be the template of to what other games like ghost of Tsushima and breath of the wild became but man i'll tell you what i want to play tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild all over again but not from scratch it's so much traversal you know uh things that you got to do in these games so that it's like oh i can't do this all over again it it took my life at this part that's why i think i have a hard time just wanting to complete tears of the kingdom because i i I joked with boris the other day um on his podcast it's canon podcast when i made a guest appearance there and um i basically say like i i i just don't want to finish the game i have 20 hearts i have the master sword i got the helium shield i got all I got upgraded, you know, um gear. I basically went through almost every shrine and mark and, and 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 um you know save point or whatever like that or travel point on both the sky island and the and the underground. And I can possibly just go in and just beat the living crap out of Ganon with ease, but by doing so, it's just like it's all over. <laughs> it's like i've done you know i've done my journey i'm i'm just waiting for the right time to just i, I just don't want that journey to in and i told you i i read an article on ign this is one of their um their editorial articles or whatever like that and they were talking about it too and i'm like oh my god i'm not the only one who thought this who felt this <laughs> i just don't want to end that game it is just such a great experience if i end it i just feel like what is next even though there's so much next going on <laughs> That's how deep the game is right there, it's so religious. It's as as religious as the other, as Breath of the Wild It was. This one, not so much. As deep as The Witcher 3 has, I don't mind beating this game again, especially because the next time around, if I wanna choose to beat it again, I'll be able to play New Game Plus on air. But what also made it worth going back into again is the improvements that they had in here. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, some of the new things that they have, like here is um, the new quests based on a Netflix show. They have on here a new optional appearance of um, Dandelion and based on the Netflix show, they got not a, a lot of you know, content based on the Netflix show that we have right now, some new armor uh, picks. I'm hoping that the sword from the show is on air because I think the sword that Henry Cavill has is much better than the sword that they have in the game. So that would be awesome if they have it in there. Um, fully integrated uh, photo mode, complete with editing tools and filters. In terms of the PlayStation Five version, they got higher resolution textures throughout the game, improved character models, which it looks really beautiful. It doesn't look like really too much next gen, but it looks like a definite upgrade. It reminds me of when they um, upgraded uh, God of War Three remastered. Um, does everything just look? By the way, God of War Three remastered. If you play that game, that's the game still looks awesome to this day, it still looks freaking awesome. Oh, so fantastic! Um, you know, improve enemy models as well, improve environmental assets, more varied uh, NPCs uh, in there, and uh, it'll let you allow you to pick between quality and performance mode 30 frames per second in quality mode because it has the ray tracing on there and scaling you know, a 4k resolution, they let you have uh, performance mode, which allows you to have 60 frames per second. And it definitely is a difference there. You could definitely see the difference and, you know, in scaling dynamic 4k, I like the quality better. So I usually choose to go with, um, the 30 frames per second. And you know, here's where I see where the limitations of these new gen consoles have, because everybody has a quality you got to pick between quality versus performance and i think that's where the next gen consoles are going to probably aim for a way that you can do have both the quality and the frame work happen if you could do both of that that will be wild um otherwise if they can't do it it's just going to be another playstation 5 or xbox series x that'll be coming out and it's like what's the point at that at that point this You know you're going to be able to add like another terabyte or two like i'm already doing right now with this or are you going to be able to allow make games that will have both quality and performance combined with 60 frames per second so that to me seems like that's going to be the next step for the next gen console um right there and we that's otherwise it's like there's no point in doing the next gen there's really no point i don't know what gimmick you're gonna come out with and that goes for you know the talk all the rumors and talk about the um this new uh Nintendo and it's funny again I talked to Boris on the uh it's canon podcast that um uh, he has and I didn't man 2017 was such a long time ago it's like I feel like it's too it's still too soon to talk about getting rid of the switch the switch has been so awesome for all these years I don't know how they're going to be able to supersede what they've done with this console other than make a 4K version with a bigger processor and just do the virtually the same thing. I'm afraid, like Boris is afraid, that we're going to have a situation where it's going to be like, this is going to be another Wii U situation. I hope not. I really hope there's not going to be like another Wii U situation here um, because the Wii U was just, you know, a transitional console that led to... The Nintendo switch, Nintendo switch. It was, (laughs) I'll put it in anime terms. The Wii U, it was the Wii, which was, which was like, you know, um, I want to say cell from dragon ball Z and I, yeah, so the, Wii was, was cell when he was in reptilian mode, the Wii U was the second stage of cell. The Nintendo Switch is perfect. Cell, <laughs> it is definitely perfect. Cell. You could you, you could use um, you could use other you know analogies from Dragon Ball as well. Um, Frieza, you know it was Frieza, You know we the the Wii was Frieza during his normal form. The Wii U was the second form, but you know, or no, you can eat now. Nah, you yeah, no, let's stick with cell because I would say if that if we're comparing it to Frieza then that would mean the next Nintendo to come out has to be Frieza gold in gold form because he's already went through three different stages of that where cell only had like three different stages, uh, if I'm correct. So yeah, I put it into that sense. This new console has to be, has to supersede it. The only way I see it doing it now is probably maybe better controls you know joy cons which i would think like go back to the d-pad because you know is i mean not that the four button the four left directional buttons wasn't good it was it was it was a great gimmick but let's go back to our you know d-pad for that um and maybe just uh make it 4k in a faster processor i mean that's that's only way i see this is going and then you know everything probably will be digital or probably still try to make physical copies or whatever well, who knows all i know is they better not make it a uh, streaming online only type of thing and it don't do it don't make it a live service system <laughs> that's all i'm saying so you got all these things for the witcher going back to that you know um and by the way i finally think i figured out how to play you know uh gwent which is uh, something i really hated playing in that game Maybe it's because I didn't take time to read it and to read the directions and everything. But now I did take the time to read it and actually think I got it. It's just a matter of getting more powerful cards along the time to last the outlast the other dude. So um, that I may get back into. And if that's the case, I may actually re-download that other Gwent game that um, came out a while back, too. But it's so much uh, things that you could do in there now. And and it looks pretty good. I would say like when you put it in performance mode it doesn't look as good it looks too shiny um the skin the skin textures and everything doesn't look as good so i mean again this was not meant for the playstation 5 originally but they kind of you know put a new coat of paint if you will to make it look somewhat good so there's some really good spots to it but you could tell it's like yeah some people look really greasy <laughs> and sweaty and shiny in certain parts, when you especially on performance mode, but quality mode makes them look a little bit better to that extent. So, um you know, if you haven't played The Witcher 3 before, I would say right now is the time to do it, especially because it's $20 on the PlayStation Network for a limited time. I believe August 15th or something that sale is going to be over. So, um, $20 it's $20 and you're getting the full story mode and you're getting the two expansion packs, which that was a value of possibly over a hundred dollars. So, you know, that's why I kind of jumped back in it. Plus it's a awesome story and it's the reason why people love CD project red in the first place. Um, not standing the, you know, cyberpunk 2077 issue that happened, but they, you know, these guys are so great that they were able to, you know, redeem themselves of that and make that game a really great playable game and i can't wait to phantom um the new phantom uh expansion for the for cyberpunk which is coming very very soon this month i believe so yeah i'm gonna be bombarded with games that are coming out around the same time so um yeah i'm looking forward to that that's that's great (laughs) but uh yeah go out of your way check it out if you want to check it out you know find out i would say also i think I don't i gotta remember is it the witcher's uh netflix series that got me into playing the witcher or is it me playing the witcher that got me into watching the series i don't know either way one of them helped the other in this case but both of them are fantastic shows go anyway and go get the uh witcher 3 see what all the buzz was about from that and why it was you know a big influence on a lot of games that we you know see today they of that same open world type of deal Speaking of open world, and I talked about this, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom surpasses 18 million copies. Okay, let's do the math here. I'm gonna do the straight math because here's the the problem with my calculations. Some people may have bought it from the retail price of $70. Other people like myself may have purchased the they have purchased the vouchers to get it which the vouchers is 99 dollars, and you get to pick between two different games one of which is zelda tears of the kingdom which is a 70 value and then you could pick any other game that has a similar value or lo- or less that was that's within the listing of games that you could pick over and by the way i said it again i actually just bought another voucher recently and got the new mario game coming up and uh detective pikachu returns so get ready i will be reviewing those when that time comes as well i'm telling you people do the math that's a great great deal the voucher is a great deal i wish they had a bigger lineup of games to play to have right now but they're stalling on releasing new games for the listing um at the moment and i wish mortal Kombat was in that listing too because i would have i would have gotten that so quickly but that's not um so the deal with that is that, um, you got a $70 game that's, you know, if you are say 18 million, I did the calculations for that. If they, if, if people just bought the game as is with the $70 price tag and it, you know, of course in different countries and regions, the currency is different, but let's just say for us purposes, if that many people bought that game, that means they have profited over 1 billion 260 million dollars estimating now, like I said, because people have gotten the vouchers, it fluctuates. So it may be a little bit more than that, but if you're selling 18 million copies, 70 times, 18 million leads to 1 billion. They made a freaking killing on this game. It's estimated at $1,260,000,000. The math doesn't lie. That is 70 times 18 million. Okay. They made a freaking killing with that one game. If y'all tell me that that game is not going to look, if that game does not make game of the year on the majority of games this year, I, I will cut my hair. Half of it <laughs> and make it look like shit for one half of the head and the other patterns already do like, you know, start a whole new type of like hairstyle baby, but there's no way there's absolutely no way this game is not making game of the year on all the prominent places that is going to make game of the year. On top of that, the switch alone has also sold 129.53 million units sold making it the third highest selling console ever with that having nintendo ds sold for 154 million units and the ps2 the infamous ps2 sold still at 155 million um man that's amazing at the same time arguably the switch if you're just talking about you know nintendo consoles alone the nintendo switch is absolutely in my opinion, or arguably the best console they've ever had. This is like, this is like their Dreamcast. But if the Dreamcast actually made a success out of itself and partially being because of what they were able to do with this thing, it's just amazing. So, you know, kudos to Nintendo. Once again, they rocked it and knocked it out the park. And, um, it's just fantastic. Um, so man, folks. That will do it for this portion of the show. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will review Akiba's Trip Undead and Undressed. I have it for the Nintendo Switch. It came out. The director's cut is out for the Nintendo Switch. And there's a reason why, even if you played it before, you need to jump back in. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto! This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Aber, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer at Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to review and talk about a game that i've played before during the ps vita era that i've really grown attached to i've enjoyed the anime series a lot because of this and they got an anime series in the midst of all this and that is akiba's trip undead and undressed this is the director's cut i had to figure out whether it's this the same one that i played on the playstation uh, vita before or not and in fact it is this exact same one but they added a lot more things to it and this is the director's cut, meaning that you know much like these other you know games that kind of make its way to the switch and other things that they add everything into it that in the past so if you bought this game originally and there was a bunch of dlc attached to it the dlc is now all added in so you're getting the whole entire bundle of it together in this one plus more they're not just giving you, this is not just like a director's cut saying that they're giving you everything from the original. They're adding even more to that. So this is developed by the group known as Acquire, published by Marvelous, who does a lot of other really cool anime uh, related type of games like this. Uh, it's a an adventure brawler slash RPG type of game. And it's on the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch that just came out this week on the first, and Steam, of course. So like I said, I first played this on a uh, PlayStation Vita. I don't remember if I actually reviewed it or if I reviewed any games for the Nintendo, uh, for the place uh, for the PlayStation Vita back then. Like I said, this, this show is really old back then. Let, let me say, put it like to put it to you like this, because it was out during 2012 and 2013. And that was when I actually started the ACMG branding um, process. And so I know I didn't do this. I know I possibly didn't do this or unless I bought the game later on around 2015 or whatnot. Cause that's when a podcast I believe started it was around that time or before, at least maybe 2014 or 2015. Um, yeah, it was around 2015 because, um, I would say I got nominated for the show in 2016 at the geek awards. So I would definitely say I probably didn't review this game at the time, but I definitely talked about it and now we get to talk about it again because they brought it out in the form of the director's cut so again all of my categories are going to be uh play at play here i did the grading system for this is going to be based on originality overall graphics sound music gameplay fun factor replay value actor performances which there is in this game and story so now i will say this i will put this out as a disclaimer maybe if you're expecting a huge AAA experience from this game you're not going to get it this is not the type of game this is i will say a popcorn game or a pop you know the equivalent of a popcorn movie if you will um if you're an anime fan if you're a, a loyal otaku if you will you may love this game this game is not for everybody in a sense of yes it's from a playable standpoint, anybody could come in and play the game and enjoy the game. But as far as interest, it's only for, it's only for, um, you know, people who, I would say are anime fans, you know, who like anime um, genre games in here. And this is one of them. This is actually one of those games too, that normally in like the nineties or even recent to some extent, you would never normally see a game like this hit the states so games like this um games like this i actually would get i would buy them as imports because the concept of games like this it, at, at, at some point the developers and the and the publishers wouldn't think that we would like we would be into games like this because they're so wacky and a little bit etchy to that extent so you would only be able to find games like this in japan if you bought the if you bought import games back in the day games like we had more conservative style games back then but if you really wanted to go out to find the really the 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 gems that you would never see in america you would go to your local game store and not just like a name brand game store a store that would actually you know a local store that will sell games but also sell import games those are the real games like not like the eb games and all that stuff like they were great for more like I guess name brand stuff if you will you know the, the, the top of the top name brand stuff but if you wanted that hardcore mix you would have you would try to find a local game shop in your area or close to your area that you would go to who would not only like modify your playstations or whatnot but also would actually buy and sell the actual games that are in japan of course their imports it cost a little bit more because of the e- importing, exporting aspect, but they were much worth it. Like the reason why we're getting, we got to play dragon ball, uh, Z ultimate battle 22 or 25, if you will, was because people started jumping on the, the, uh, they figured out that people were buying it, from um, the import versions of it. So they brought it to America and they probably made more money of it because the same people who end up buying the imports like myself, end up buying the, the U S versions and didn't we weren't privy to too many dragon ball z games at the time we had to import those things because they never like we would have some good games from japan but japan will always have the better games in japan and you had to go find those damn things so we're now at a stage of our gaming uh life in, in in generation where they are bringing those type of games to America. We are getting to enjoy the wackiness because they they probably didn't think we were gonna like it. And they found out that we actually, there is a market in America for these type of games. The dating Sims is another thing that would never see the light of day. We, we never had dating sim games in America. In fact, for those who don't know, who used to play um, Rival Schools, the Rival Schools in Japan actually had, a the original Rival Schools in Japan, in rival schools too because we got project justice but we never got a we never got a rival schools 2 for a playstation 1 in japan they had a rival schools 2 with the characters from project justice on there so the difference being is that you were able to create your own character much like you do now with um not as elaborate as you would be able to do on uh street fighter 6 but you be able to create your own character or avatar and if you will you could get to pick the school out that you wanted to go to uh like whether it was Saito high or whatever like that or any of the other schools that they represented there they had all the characters from Project Justice but you end up entering in a dating sim which was a whole entire campaign that you did in the uh in that game and the first one did too they did they took the dating sim of the first rival schools out for the American for some reason, for whatever reason, they took it out for the American uh version and kept it to the Japanese version because dating sims were a big thing back then. They didn't think that America was gonna be down with that. Now, if you go on to the Nintendo eShop and I think PSN two, but more than Nintendo eShop, there are dozens and I mean dozens of dating sim apps there. So occupus best- trip. Is one of those wacky japanese style games that would have never seen the light of day in the 90s but now we're seeing it now and i'm glad because this game is a lot of fun so like i said if you're not trying if you're looking for a huge like platinum games like of experience or maybe like <laughs> something a little bit more illustrious this is not it this is not one of those games but it is very innovative and it is a lot of fun and we're going to talk about why so let's talk about originality and presentation and this one i hold it in high regards of terms of originality and presentation a completely crazy over-the-top wacky brawler that makes you the weirdest vampire slayer ever okay um the concept is crazy the gameplay is crazy it is just it's like any other game that you've ever played before. And for some reason, it works. It, it it just works. It is crazy. Um, We'll talk a little bit more on how. Because when I say crazy, over-the-top, and wacky, I'm talking in terms of the way you do combat, if you will. Let alone the story as well. Everything about it is just like... It's one of those things that I appreciate about Japan is that they're not afraid to let their imaginations go wild and just put it out there and be very creative whereas like we're at in this country sometimes we can be a little bit more conformed we're too afraid to unleash our minds to be creative because if you do that you never know what you're going to come out with and when you come out what you come out with maybe something awesome you know something maybe a little bit more asymmetrical more than symmetrical if you will and that's what japan does and that's why i think a lot of otaku in this country appreciate why we love japan so much because they're willing to go there and they're not afraid to and they have a different philosophy on on things that they have that they do in life so we totally get it and we appreciate it trust me the graphics the graphics was really good on a playstation vita but it's even more improved now there's improved visuals for this game added visual editor that lets you alter the visual look of the game with presets and customizable options and i'm talking about really customizable options it like you can make the the whole entire game look so different and crazy it's like i said it's just an obscure type of like option to have but it just makes the experience a lot more fun and creative to do just to go around You could play the game again and just play it in this different type of way and wireframe and all this stuff it's really weird but it's just such a you know it's an added point to the creativity and innovation of this game the environments consist of japan during 2012 and 2013 which that's when the game i believe was out which means yes i was just getting into the acmg uh branding and aspect of this when that first came out so and I probably did play it and didn't even review it or didn't have a platform to review it on at a time. So, which is why I'm really glad that I'm doing it now. But the, pre- the, the, the area at the time is now literally a period piece. It wasn't at the time, it was based around, it was literally based around um, Japan during that era. So any of the buildings and stores that you see are actual real stores and buildings that were around during that time. I'm pretty sure things have changed since 2023 it literally is 10 years ago um that has happened so it, it it makes sense that now they're saying you know circa 2012 2013 saying that like what you see now is not going to be the same now if you played something from um like a dragon studios or Riago go what that makes the uh like a dragon or yakuza games they normally they have their dragon engine which is normally a city-wide scape that you could travel and traverse in that with actual real monuments from japan during a certain time and era too so um you do get to travel around that area a little bit which the like a dragon series now is a little bit more modern so you will have some new stores and everything that is traced around there which is awesome but this is like a period piece of the time and those what you see in there are all real places every store that you go into is a real place so it's pretty cool sound and music edgy cool and fast paced and you know it, the soundtrack is awesome because it you know switches up and back and forth you know it gives you that anime experience that you love watching you get to play it in here so you get these edgy cool and fast paced soundtracks um that really bring in the intense fun and the funny fighting you have in a counter. and this is all just all comedy at <laughs> best and the exploring like you're not supposed to take a series, but it serious but there are some like serious moments in there every once in a while um or dramatic moments but most of all it's 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 a wacky wacky anime so um but a lot of funny fighting that you have in here when you're accounting and, and exploring um around japan just great in terms of gameplay this is where everything changes and this is where kind of the innovation plays in and originality plays in because the fighting the fighting uh, system is unlike anything I've ever seen before. So controls have been improved upon uh, the original and it feels a lot smoother than it did before. Just moving around feels a lot smoother. Like because it now has a higher frame rate, it's it's working on a better system. You know, the Nintendo Switch is easily to say a more powerful system than the PlayStation Vita um, at the time. And that's nothing to scuff about with the playstation vita because the playstation vita had the power of the playstation 3 at the time and this has the power the the switch has the power of like the playstation 4 or you know not not just the playstation 4 i'm not going to go playstation 5 but it has playstation 4 you know power in this game um but it's greatly improved the loading time is much faster than i remember from this game your characters fights uh what is called synthesis synthesters if you will using three attack buttons and synthesters are basically their version of a vampire in some ways not like a blood sucking way but it it, they're vampires to some extent man-made vampires if you will but you have this combat system that fights them in different ways you got three different attack buttons to fight your enemies with one is the attack button for the head the other is for the body and the third attack button which is for the legs so why for the playstation for the nintendo switches y is for the head is for the head the x is for the body and the a is for the legs and you're just running around this arena based like stage throughout the city trying to you know maneuver and fight through all these different you know uh enemies that you have and not get hit yourself now he is. Once you weaken a section of the enemy's body, you can attempt to strip them of their clothing, exposing them to the sun, which is which will evaporate them into nothing. Now, this is the ridiculous part of the game because it's it, but it's supposed is meant to be ridiculous. So they're wearing clothes, and I just never understood the logic of this. But they're wearing clothes, and just as long as they got some form of clothes on, they will be protected from the sun. Now, here's the thing. They are, eat, some of the clothes that they wear are like, they're not like wearing fully clothed. They're wearing t-shirts, jeans, sneaks, maybe a hat or something like that, but they are being exposed still to the sun. It's just, they need to be completely stripped down in order to do it. It's ridiculous, but it's meant to be ridiculous, okay? um, So like, if it's one of those situations where people try to, you know, aha this damn game of its logic, it's, first of all don't take it seriously two it's meant to be ridiculous but that's the fun part of this this um this game and the anime to that extent so you got the key is to beat them down so much to the point that they actually are you know once you strip them they you completely they evaporate and you have a way to do like once you do one there's a certain move where um it activates a qte sequence where you got to hit the right button to keep taking off other people's uh clothing you know in a ninja speedy type of ninja way and it's just hilarious it's absolutely hilarious but it's a lot of fun um because your character also is a synthester if you will uh, that's what they pretty much call it he also too can be vaporized as well the, the, the story it plays into the story of him being kidnapped and turned into one of these man-made vampires and he also has to protect himself so they're coming after him and trying to strip him as well so this is like a really funny etchy type of fight that you're having here where you're beating the crap out of each other like rather fisticuffs or you know martial arts or you're just using random crazy weapons like a keyboard or a golf club or a bat or whatever like that it's hilarious it is just borderline hilarious what they do with this game so you got you got to level up to make sure that you're powerful enough to easily take them out and then there's also like a struggle mini game system like if you're not if they're not ready to, to, to you know if they're not weak enough to take it off and you try to pull off there's a mini game that comes up and if they're not weakened or if you're not powerful enough at that time they'll defend themselves off and if they try to do that to you you got to keep mashing a button and make sure that they don't take your clothes off either so it's it's so funny to, to hear this on this podcast say it. it. My words doesn't do this justice as to how crazy and wacky this game is. But you can also block, parry, and dodge attacks to avoid your clothing being weakened and taken off. Eventually, when you level up, you'll become more powerful than them, and taking off clothing from, you know, uh, synthesters are, is much easier to do. So as you progress through the game, you will find stronger clothing, to wear and random weapons to use to help you fight through these adventures as well. Again, because this is the director's cut, you will be privy to a lot of weapons that you didn't have from the original game. There's also a mode in the game that allows you to just play the game, having everything at your, at, um, at your leisure. The thing is you won't be able to save any progress of the game. You're, this is just you playing through the game, going through, so once you end that game, you got, the game is gonna be uh, over. Unless you actually play through the original game and have the game, save data for that. And then you could believe a new game plus it, if you will, because there are multiple endings in this game. The fun factor for this is that you, if you play the game correctly and not skip steps or skip um, side missions, you could become very powerful. And the more powerful you become, the more fun this game will be. Um, The director's cut gives you all of the DLC, as I mentioned before, you know, uh, from the original version. Um, This version also consists of multiple endings, including a newly added true ending not seen in the original game. So that is gonna be something that to look forward to if you've already played the original game. Now there's a reason to play it again because now there's an extra ending not there. So the replay value. I would say is very high because of the multiple endings part and now the addition of the new, uh, ending as well. Um, there's also a mode that allows you to play the items that I told you about. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to go back into this game. And then there's the actor performances as well. The game provides full dialogue for both Japanese and English games. This was something that they had before, but the English dubs are above average consisting of well-known actors and anime that you've heard before. Added to that, they returned to redo a lot of the lines that they already did so they remastered those lines as well so that i thought that was pretty awesome you got another good payday for that um in terms of the story basically this is how this goes a new mysterious a new mystery is unfolding on the streets of aki uh, Akihabara. man-made vampires known as synthesters lurk in the shadows and the only way to defeat items to defeat them is to expose them of the sun that's pretty much the love of it and there's other deeper darker you know um plots to this whole thing the outcome of the story changes depending on the choices that you make in the action you take uh with your partners so depending on who, who what partner you cling on to the most the story changes more so it, it, it just really plays on to that so you'll end up teaming up with other people like kati nani uh toko uh shizuku who is one of the main focuses of his story ren and shion and you get to not only just team up with them they also help you along the way so they're like an ai you know an npc that you can play along that helps you in these battles depending on how much a relationship that you have with each of them depends on the how the story ends for you so it plays onto that but again there's a different ending terms of one of the characters i'm not going to spoil it for you from that point so it's uh it's really cool and a lot of these some of these characters are seen in the actual anime series um i would highly recommend not only getting this game but also checking out the anime because the anime really lives up to this game and it is so wacky and fun i believe you could watch it on hulu and crunchyroll as well it is in english and in japanese as well and trust me this brand new ending the kati route if you will is worth checking out it is just absolutely fantastic the dlc that they have that now they give has consists of a lot of really cool uh weapons and stuff one of the weapons by the way is you holding on to a prini from desgaia which i think is also because the company that make you know this guy is the same company here some awesome awesome um costumes and whatnot and weapons and things it, if you just like an wacky anime fun this is for you so let's go to the grading system of what I gave this remember not basing this on any type of A atmosphere if you're I'm, I'm I'm rating this I'm grading this based on did this live up to the otaku level this is this the anime fans game it's going to be a high yes to this originality gave hundred Gra- percent original graphics hundred percent because they they're upgrade from the original um sound of music i also gave hundred for that gameplay i gave hundred for that fun factor i gave it a 90. it depends on how you play it it depends on how you play this game if it's going to be fun for you or not but if you do all the right things you take all the right steps you will be enjoying this game a lot. Um, fun factor, 90% as well. Again, I, you know, going with the gameplay as well, actually gameplay, I gave it a hundred because gameplay is a lot more smoother than it ever was before. Um, so I really enjoy it, especially not only that, because it was on a PS Vita, the PS Vita had one analog stick, I believe, um, for it was it two. No, I think the Peter, I think the Vita did have two. Um, damn it. I don't have my v- PS Vita. Right now, but I'll confirm that next week. I believe the Vita did have two analog sticks. I believe it was the PSP that had one analog stick. And the PS Vita had two. So, but there are a lot of other trigger buttons and everything that this game has that um, you know, trigger capabilities that this game has that the PS Vita didn't have. Like they didn't have a bigger um the the Switch has a more elaborate button layout than the uh Vita had. The Vita only had four buttons directional button and two shoulder buttons whereas these have trigger buttons as well matches more with the uh, current consoles right now plus a select and a um, pause button as well for you and you know a capturing button if you will so it had all that and this just has a little bit more that makes the experience a lot better so there you have it for that the um, replay value I thought it was a 90 as well depends on how much you want to jump in and go back and do those endings if you will uh the actor performances stellar top of the line gave it a hundred you know some of the finest actors from anime are are part of this so it it was a done deal for me there and story you know the story was very innovative it was wacky it was fun it wasn't need to be taken seriously i enjoyed every minute of it i gave it a hundred as well so it all results in a score of 390, which is a 97.5% uh percentile, leaving it to an A+. So this for me from an anime standpoint if you just point it, not from a game of the year standpoint, but just from a anime fan standpoint, this is the this is the game that you want to play. This is not going to be a game of the year by any stretch, by any stretch. But if you're an anime fan, if you're a fan of like those import style games that you enjoy growing up, you know my demographic my era this is one of those games that you're gonna enjoy i think we're spoiled by what we got right now because we when we had games like this back in the game back in the day it was like it was something we felt like we found we got something special that we had something that was really dope and um i'm just glad that we're able to get it today but we got we live in a generation who just they got it so easy now <laughs> They got things so easy now they don't appreciate what they have and i sound like my my uh, elders talking about me when I was that age too. So it you know the, to to the new generation get ready because you're gonna be just like this when you get to that point. So it gets an A plus for me. Go out of your way check it out, and it's available on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Four, and Steam, I believe as well. And it's not that fairly priced. I think it's like I think I got it for thirty bucks. So it's it's a great price game, and you're getting a hell of a lot from it. You're getting a hell of a lot of content in this game from it too so go out of your way check it out folks that will do it for this edition of Talk Time live's extra select start next week is going to be awesome because Russell quest is coming it's coming on the 8th i can't wait this game is going to be it, it's been talked about for quite some time it is looking to be a banger of a new wrestling game as it's, it's a wrestling rpg and it's actually starring real characters from the from wrestling history in there including just announced by brian alvarez wrestling observer live brian alvarez Vinny v and dave Meltzer will also be playable characters in this game along with many other classic and legendary figures like the road warriors sergeant slaughter um jake the snake roberts andre the giant you know i don't know how they got licensed to do all these guys and actually call them i thought they were i thought i thought at first that they were actually going to They were gonna make this game and then you know have the likeness of these people but not actually call them no they're they're allowed they're able to call them all their names and they were getting given rights to do so which means they paid these people to get these rights and it's awesome i love i can't wait to play this game this is going to be awesome so that will be the probably the review next week and um also won't have a sunday show i'm gonna have a monday show because this weekend is the week of my 18th wedding anniversary shout out to my wife love you and uh we will be hanging out the weekend be doing foodie things getting new furniture all this stuff so i will come back monday because i got to because i got to see teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem and hell yeah we got a lot to talk about that a lot of milking we're going to be talking about on that so stay tuned for that and uh much much more down the line so folks if you love this episode and every episode that is provided by acmg presents talk time live definitely go to our official website at talktimelive.com where you can listen to all of the audio episodes like this one and some video exclusive interviews with some well-known people in our favorite fandoms as well plus other content that is provided in there too um, if you want to subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platforms, never miss a beat. You could go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Tumblr, you name it. We're everywhere where podcasts are played. Keep supporting us. Keep the love. Keep it going and keep it growing. Thank you guys so very much. And that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I... M out there. Take care and shout out to all the ABA honorees this year. Take care.